Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part, for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Tonight, massive job cuts to editorial staff by Fairfax Media left many readers thinking, what, Fairfax still has journalists? And... February 2016 smashes all temperature records, officially being crowned by NASA as the hottest month ever, but still not hot enough for the New South Wales Liberals to jerk off to. And a petition signed by 30 coalition MPs asking the PM to suspend funding for the anti-bullying Safe Schools program goes missing while being passed around on the backbench. Minister for Eating All the Cookies George Christensen said if it's not in his office by the end of the day, he'll sit on everyone one by one until whichever dick-sucking pansy rainbow flag-loving faggot gives it the fuck back. This is all the news you should be scared of this week. This is Irrational Fear. Our fear mongers tonight definitely not sacked or on strike or stuck in a jail cell in Kuala Lumpur. It's media industry journalist Nick Christensen from Umbrella. Good to be with you. And battling it out at SBS2, like everybody else that battles it out at SBS2, <laughs> is Maddie Palmer. Hello. And fully glothed and fully sick, yeah. it's Triple J's Lewis Hopper. Uh, yeah, it's actually a real delight to have pants on for the first time in three weeks. Uh, I've just, by chance, Dan happens to know this, but I just have had this weird succession of events that have required me to be nude in public. And uh, it's a real pleasure to not be doing that just for once. Well, this is, this is a rational fear where you can be nude, your soul can be nude for the, the hundreds of people that might listen to this. It has a potential audience of billions. I yeah. think you've gotten it wrong if you're being nude on camera but you're wearing pants on radio. You know, it's traditionally supposed to be the other way around. Yeah, like, I know. Not, like, I mean, that's why I'm stripping off right now because yeah. they can't see us. I know, and it's very, uh, I'm very relaxed about that. Um, I'm very confronted. I did not know you had that tattoo um, <laughs> and I didn't know you, that was the side you came down on after World War II, but hell. <laughs> It's a great Southern Cross. <laughs> well, first of all, I thought we'd get right into it, talk about the fearsome fears of the week. And the thing that dropped 
today, we did have another special guest on the show, uh, Jessica Shear from the AFR, but unfortunately she's on strike and can't make it in uh, because doing Irrational Fear, unlike what we assume it is, to her would appear to be too much like work. <laughs> Just, do you pay her or? I don't think, I don't think <laughs> yeah, anyone's ever been paid. Here, didn't we? Over the years of doing Irrational Fear, if I found out that you know, you've been paying everyone but me, I'm going on strike and I'm going to take my pants off. It's going to be very embarrassing for you. So that's why Nick Christensen from Umbrella is here. Nick, what went down today at Fairfax? And it is, it is kind of baffling to realise that they actually do have 120 people left to sack. Well, yeah, they actually have a lot more. They have around 750, but they're now going to try and get rid of at least 120 full-time positions. And, I mean, this kind of shocked the newsroom, and not because we haven't seen cuts before. We've seen a lot of cuts in recent years, and I think a lot of people just went, hang on, not again. Not, you know, we saw the cuts in 2012, which were more than 400 staff in editorial went across the company. It was much, much more. Um, and then every every 12 months or so since we've seen an, an, another round of cuts in our office we went not again and I think that was the reaction of a lot of staff they've all walked out at the age at the Herald etc and I think it'll be really interesting to see what happens when they come back on Monday is it like every other time where they they go on strike and then come and, and then come back and the cuts go ahead or do they actually take real industrial action and fight management on this that's a really it's really interesting I wonder if the general public like we all work in media so like it's very kind of um you know, nuanced for us and it's, we're very sensitive to job cuts in our industry. But do you think the public really care? Do you think, like, Betty from Blacktown or the readers of the SMH, you know, are really concerned about it? My opinion has been that the number of concerns people vocalise quite freely with the media seems to work in inverse proportion to the amount of media they consume. Because <laughs> when I broke my foot, I took, I took taxis everywhere, so I heard from a lot of cab drivers about what was wrong with the media. <laughs> Media, and then you'd sit there and go, what media do, do you consume? And then it's dead silence. So I think there'll be a lot of opinions about it. But in terms of whether or not... People, people who have actually- real jobs and babies to look after just do not <laughs> give a shit. Well, I, I don't think um, we can expect a government bailout like uh, like the auto industry. Like, I'm not seeing Malcolm Turnbull going, God, I just desperately need more Daily Life articles here. Have a million dollars. Certainly not for Fairfax, but if it was the Australian cutting oh, jobs. Oh, absolutely. No, you're here. Have a million dollars. <laughs> yeah, but I love how everyone's kind of, you know, going, oh, we love Fairfax. How dare you cut this? And then there are the people online going, I'm going to cancel my subscription. Hang on. <laughs> That's not going to help. That's going to do the opposite. Look, admittedly, I subscribe, I subscribe to... Fairfax, because I believe in good journalism, and I, I believe that journal- good. A chuckle from the you room. Sound like my mother who tips bad waitresses in order to encourage them to be better. <laughs> but I also resent seeing ads because I'm a digital subscriber, and yet you know Fairfax clearly haven't got their business in order to actually make whatever model they're trying to make work. Where do, what do you think the future is for Fairfax? I think it's really challenging, but I don't think these problems solely Fairfax's problems. There are also News Corp's problems. It's interesting, this week we, we had a story about Coles basically pulling out of print. They've cut their print spend from about $10 million a year, cut it 75% in just the last two months. Now, that, most of that cut's going to come from places like the Daily Telegraph, etc. There are a lot of media outlets that just don't have the answer. Is that because um, Coles can now tell via Facebook who's really after tomatoes? Like that, That's really... That, that, it is literally the tomato market. They own it, and it's theirs, and now they don't need newspapers. 
I did, in fact, I did actually do the social media for a Woolworths brand for a while and it was really weird. You just get these people going off being like, I don't like potatoes <laughs> or I've got 17 age sons and this is too expensive. <laughs> just like, clearly so are condoms. <laughs> well, my favourite part of that is actually the agency people talk about how those ads weren't that effective for consumers, but they told all the staff in, the, in Woolies and Coles what to promote. And that's a really expensive way of pushing out your tomatoes or everything else <laughs> by spending 100 grand to put this out the front. Send an email, folks. Send an email. I would like to see, just see more Curtis Stone somehow. Oh, wouldn't that. it be great to get a little bit more stone on my bone, a little bit more stone in my life? Stone on my bone. That is a great porno website waiting to happen. I think it might already be out there, but I am not Googling it to find yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, I was reading an interview with him the other day where he said, um, someone asked him about Oh, God, I can't remember what specific political issue it was, but he said, my mum always told me, never talk about religion or politics. I just thought, mate, it's a good thing you can cook or you'd be fucking useless at a dinner party. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of food, the sugar tax, Maddie. The sugar tax. What's this story? Okay, so the UK has just introduced a tax on uh, sugary soft drinks. Or not introduced, but it's the, you know, the bills there, it looks like it's said to pass. Damon Damon Gamow, so Uh, powerful. And also, this is another celebrity chef's pet project. This is Jamie Oliver. Although, I did actually have one of his books once, and there's two tablespoons of sugar in freaking everything. (laughs) But, you know, Jamie Oliver in the UK, I guess, is kind of like Steve Irwin here. Like, it it kind of goes the Pope, the Queen, Jamie Oliver. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that's true. And, you know, when people... I think uh, he suggested that Australia needs to get on board because apparently we're also a bit, you know... I believe the technical ta- term is porky. Um, <laughs> Uh, but the real thing we have here is that we have such a massive sugar industry. You know, I think we're the third largest producers of sugar in the world, and I'm guessing number four is Cuba, which, you know, is probably not cracking it right now. So, you know, we're actually going to sort of see this massive fight between consumers, between producers, and between health advocates. But I wouldn't be so worried about that for Cuba. America has just opened up the doors to Cuba, <laughs> and Americans are going to be going in there, eating and giving them all sorts of sugary products. You know, if you want to go to Cuba, go now. Go before KFC gets to Cuba. Quite literally, I am planning on going to Cuba in like two months yes. just because I've heard that Americans are going there. I'm like, oh, if I don't go in the next yeah. two weeks, I'm never going to go at all. Gee, that would actually, I would love to go to Cuba now and like put up signs saying like McDonald's coming soon no, <laughs> like to this corner. The, I was there 10 years ago and I was staying in this like massive, beautiful old, you know, broken down uh, marble house right on the waterfront. And you'd heard, like, you'd heard that McDonald's had already picked out the spaces on the waterfront <laughs> for when it all came down. And that was at a time where, like, you know, it was law that a bottle of rum was $3.80. It was a beautiful wow. time in my life. I a somewhat hear, shaky time. But. I hear Sizzler have got North Korea all planned out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's a boom time for other markets. Markets as authoritarian regimes break down. You know, a free press was booming. Maybe Fairfax people could move to Cuba. Yeah, that's true. Maybe Turkey are hiring if they're willing to write some propaganda. Yeah. So do you reckon we'll see a sugar tax in Australia? No, I think we care too much about the farmers for that to happen. Um, But I do think we're going to see... You know, an increase. Like, I think it's going to potentially become a smaller version of the argument we have here about coal, where you pit uh, the needs of society in terms of the environment <laughs> against the fact that we're a massive coal producing, producing company. I think we're going to, get, going to see that happen again in terms of pit, 
uh, pitching public health against the fact that this is a massive industry for people and an industry in already depressed regions. What do you reckon this does for, like, Jamie Oliver's brand? Like, you know, he's all about a food guy and he's all against, he's all anti-sugar. And he should be, I feel like, doing the opposite, encouraging people to consume more. Yeah, well, certainly I haven't heard him pipe up on butter, which is pretty much 90% of all food that professional chefs cook. Come on, step to Oliver with the butter tax and see where his, uh, where his, if he's got his money, where his mouth is. Well, it's a, sli- no it's a slippery chopping board. <laughs> <laughs> he's no longer the naked chef. Maybe he's been putting his clothes on because, you know, a bit too much butter on the belly. Mm. Uh, the article I saw today that uh, really uh, made me a little scared was, uh, was this one. PBS put out a documentary last night about Donald Trump and the way that Donald Trump is really engaging first-time voters to get to the polls. Now, PBS thought that was the story, but Gawker thought otherwise. Uh, they realised when they paused the tape that many of the supporters had white supremacy tattoos. Uh, so the story for them was actually, holy shit, Donald Trump is activating first-time voters and white supremacists to go work for him. Uh, an interesting Venn diagram. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, are we surprised at this at all? Oh, God, no. I- I'm like surprised that, I mean, this is classic Gawker, but uh, yeah, and also classic PBS like to me, like we're engaging in a documentary about first time voters and they completely miss the interesting story like this is why no one watches PBS I want to know but like okay so you, you get those guys in but can they spell the names are they even enrolled I'm betting they're probably not mm. well the biggest shame will happen if if the Republicans do go to a contested convention, they kick Trump out uh, and they have to do... Trump has to go for a, what they call a write-in campaign. I don't think uh, his supporters will be smart enough to actually spell Trump. No, uh, but just Don. Don. Uh, and the, the, there are these two tattoos that, that really piqued the attention of Gorka. One was a Celtic cross. Now, Celtic crosses on their own, not necessarily racist. But it turns out while, you know, it is a very much a revered Christian symbol, it's also uh, this particular cross also happens to be the logo of Stormfront, the largest white supremacist website in the world. Uh, and then there was another tattoo uh, that the sharp eyes that Gorka picked out, and it was uh, the numerals 88 in Germanic calligraphy. Uh, pretty harmless, 88. What do you reckon the numbers 88 mean, Nick? I'm not going <laughs> to... No, i got nothing. Um, I don't know, two fat ladies in bingo? Maybe she's a real bingo enthusiast. <laughs> Apparently 88 is uh, is a white supremacist short code, short, shorthand for Heil Hitler. Mm, yeah, Which, I actually... H-H. Yeah. Oh, right. Is that, is that, is that something? Well, Explain it H for me, is Maddie. the eighth letter of the alphabet. And Heil Hitler I love that you know that. Words. <laughs> How do you not know that, guys? You're not even past the first set of fingers. <laughs> Um, I saw a Nazi on the beach the other day. (laughs) Was he like 90 years old and hurriedly digging a hole to bury his paintings in gold? (laughs) No, a modern Nazi. It was really confronting. Like, have you ever seen a Nazi in real life? Some of us are just really pale, okay? (laughs) He was, uh, he would have been like, I don't know, late 40s. He was there with his family. He was there with his kids. Uh His kids seemed to be like pretty happy. And he was just, he just had... Um, he had like a lit- he had an SS tattoo on his bicep, yeah. and then he had uh, he just had Adolf written on his other uh, bicep. 
Maybe it was a Bucks party gone wrong. <laughs> yeah, we've all been there. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it was pretty wild. I mean, I don't. I didn't ask him who he was going to vote for because uh, I was there with my Jewish girlfriend. So we just got the fuck out of there. <laughs> well, uh, I, 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 I would be really compelled to talk to that guy and find uh, out more. I know. Well, so was she. My Jewish girlfriend is also a journalist. So she was like, I really want to go and talk to that Nazi. I'm like. With our faces, I don't feel like this is a good idea. Like, I already look like a Woody Allen impersonator. Let's not poke the bear. Uh, would you ever approach a Nazi, Nick? Um, what would you say maybe to one? I have no idea. What would you say to another Nazi? The thing we wanted to ask him was... Well, was blowing your cover. Since he was there with uh, uh, his wife and kids, we just wanted to know well, whether or not... Were they all Aryan and, like, what, oh, blonde hair, blue eyes? Relatively per- Aryan, but, like, you were know... They were young. They were very right. young. And you mean the parents, the Nazis? Well, 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 yeah, because, I mean, I just always feel like white supremacists should be better looking. Because if yeah. you're going to believe in If, if you're going to be a white supremacist, really be better than everybody else. I'm just saying it's like James Franco and Angelina Jolie knocked on my door and said, we have some things that we know about a superior race. They might not have me at the end, but I reckon I'd give them 30 <laughs> seconds. But if you look at people who are normally talking about the superior race, it looks like their parents were so into their belief that they're a superior race that cousins got it on. You know? <laughs> well, this is the curious thing about bringing it back to Trump, that Trump supporters being white supremacists. Like, it's so f- interesting that white supremacists would get behind a guy who, in another era, would be forced to sit at the back of a bus because of his skin colour. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. The first orange man to truly unite the whites. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure, his mouth is saying he's running for president, but his face is saying he's entering a fizzy culture contest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, no, the thing we wanted to ask the Nazi, though, was we just wanted to know, uh, like, whether he'd got them young and, you know, he'd grown out of the general, I'd hate the Jews. But, but surely you'd get them removed if, Well, like... yeah. I mean, maybe just, it was like, sometimes you get those tattoos that are like, uh, you're out at a, you know, a party and you get to go, you know what, it's a reminder of a time. <laughs> it was a reminder of a time that I truly didn't like the Jews. I don't regret things because they've all just brought me to where I am yeah. today, you like, know? You know, there are Which people... Which is the former Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen 45-year-olds who still have a butterfly tattoo on their uncle and that is just as offensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so a, a dolphin jumping over a rainbow is oh. puke-worthy. <laughs> maybe he got it and thought, you know, maybe I, I, I like it, I like the shape, maybe it'll come back in fashion. Mm. Maybe when I don't know Donald Trump runs for runs for president, maybe that's when I'll be accepted again. I just don't feel like Donald Trump brings the organisational skills of not of fascism. No, he really doesn't. He won't make the trains run on time. I'm, no, I'm just saying, like, I don't actually think his presidency, if he becomes president, could be that scary because there's no way anything will happen. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you, and I, th- I think he's very disjointed in the way that he presents any kind of argument. One thing, it's one thing. Another, another time, it's another thing. He's very flippant with the yeah. way with the way he he has any idea. And I think something that Obama and Obama um, supporters have definitely discovered is executive power in the US is actually quite small, particularly if you don't have the House or if you happen to have the House, but everyone in your own party hates you. You can't just wander in and brag about the size of your penis, <laughs> say, I have the best words, clap, 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 um, you know, which is obviously how you can do it in other countries. But in America, it doesn't work. So I actually, like, don't get me wrong, it's ugly as hell and I think it will be... Um, indicative of and probably give rise to a lot of ugliness. But in terms of actual bills through the floor, it's, I don't think it's going to be that bad. I, I just reckon it's going to be the best impeachment session since Bill Clinton. <laughs> 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 I, 
I do think the interesting, like, in terms of the way that um, po- politicians get their message out now, which is so much through social media because that's when news is going, um, engaging first-time voters through a uh, basically a platform of saying all things and then saying the complete opposite is actually genius because the people who agree with what you've said will post that article. Their friends will see it. But then when you say the complete opposite thing tomorrow, those people will never hear it because it'll never show up on their Facebook feed. So essentially, digital ghettos will just necessitate this situation where if you say all things, eventually someone will see the thing that they like and think that you represent them. Yeah. And, and the amazing thing is he's gotten billions of dollars of free advertising. Does amazing- <laughs> You just buy into it going, Donald Trump, clicks. Thank you. That's true. He's like, he's, you know, like the proverbial infinite number of monkeys on an infinite number of uh, typewriters. If people get there. I am obsessed with his Please, please, infinite number of Nazi monkeys. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean to, you know, confuse them with the lower monkeys. But my favourite Donald Trump uh, Trump tweet ever was just one he sent out a few months ago that just said, Obama has been terrible, I will be great. (laughs) And I was like, well, that's my vote. (laughs) Let's take a look at the opposite side of the Pacific Ocean to America, Australia. When are we going to have our election? When do you think it is? I kind of think we're... I I reckon Australian election season has kicked off this week. What made you say that? Well, um, uh, uh, Malcolm Turnbull has started promising things that don't exist, like um, <laughs> like a fast train between Parramatta, between Badgerys Creek and Sydney. He did an announcement on 702 where he said, oh, we're making this announcement about a meeting where we're thinking about planning for an idea where we can get a train to go between Badgerys Creek and Sydney. He actually said, at Badgerys Creek, we have allowed for spaces for the train to be there, but we're not going to put it in yet. He's actually just promising a facade. He's literally promising to build a facade. I'm in. Yeah, anytime, anytime people talk about the, either the fast train or second airports, that's <laughs> yeah, when you're yeah. in election well, season. Isn't the Badgerys Creek where the second airport is supposed yeah. to be? Yeah, this is the fusion. So if and you today, build it, it will land. And today there was a press release about the new fast train between Sydney and Melbourne. I think, I mean, I consider myself quite young. I'm 34, but I think I've seen that about 60 times, the new proposal for the fast train between Sydney yeah, and Melbourne. Like, Mate, I can get a flight. It's 99 bucks. It'll take me two hours. Why am You'll I getting this? You'll be delayed for six. <laughs> yeah. like, wait, who is thinking that this train is, like, how far? It would have to be so fast to be better than a plane. And how much was it going to be? Every time, you know, it costs me more to get to the airport sometimes on the, on the train than it actually costs yeah. to fly. And I'm like, nah. That's why it would be great. Could you imagine just being able to get on, like, I mean, you know, obviously, Europe, where you just sort of get onto a train in the middle of the city, your plan, you know, your bags and all your tickets get checked while you're en route. You sit there, you have a coffee, you make eye contact with someone across the thing, turns out they're homeless, you switch carriages, that actually happened. Um, and, you know, I think you actually get between city to city in about four hours. And if you incorporate the time you spend getting to the airport, the time you spend waiting around, it's actually not that much longer. And consider, And I also think, like, considering the past decade we've had in terms of um, extreme weather, volcanoes, terrorism alerts, the idea that in a country like with the population of Australia that we only have one way to get between major city and major city, that's problematic. Sounds like uh, this non-existent airport with this non-existent train has yep. got Maddie's vote. That is true. <laughs> that being said, I live 10 minutes away and I'll probably get an Uber home. Yeah. <laughs> and before we wrap up, I just want to give you some late-breaking news. Uh, according to Jezebel, uh, four words have been entered into the Oxford English Dictionary. Cunt, 
cuntish, cunted, and cunting. Wow, I've never. Uh, I've... You've got your own entry, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel? <laughs> well, I'm a bit cunted off by the whole thing. <laughs> uh, cunting, as in like the verb. I am currently cunting. No, as in like that guy's a cunting, idi- you know, idiot or something. But but, but isn't that just why you say he's a cunt? What? Well, okay, the train is cunting late. Sorry, I, does it not fulfil the grammatical restraint? Yeah, I've never. I'm, 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 like, I'm a. You I'm, have never been to the south of London, my friend. Yeah. No, this is true. My question is just: Can we use this on broadcast TV? Now it's in the dictionary because I, <laughs> I think you should be able to do that. When I was at Rage, we used to play uh, Jarvis Cocker's "Cunts Are Still Running the World" all the time, and every time the drum pissed off, uh, published something that really pissed me off, I was so tempted to put on their Facebook page, being like, "Until someone does something, this is Rage all Saturday night. Just this song." <laughs> Bring back the bill. (laughs) And as we wrap up, uh, we should think about the fearsome fears for next week. What are you most scared about next week, Lewis Hobber? Oh, God. That there might be an election? (laughs) That I won't be able to get my magic train to my magic airport? (laughs) Get to my magic new location? Nick Christensen, what are you most scared about in the media for next week? I don't know about the media. I'm worried about Nazis in the streets. <laughs> <laughs> and Maddie Palmer, what do you what do you think the the, the scariest thing can happen next week? Oh, realizing that there's so much longer to go before this election is over, we're going to have to hear it all again and again and again. This has been a rational fear. We'll uh, speak to you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.